Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. Girl, hey, welcome to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. So uh, I know you guys come here for escapism and for my crazy brain and for just, you know, general silliness and laughs. That's what we do here on Taste of Taylor. In case you don't know, I have a daily show called The Taylor Shucker Show, and I have a plethora of incredible co-hosts, and one of them is Dr. Wider. Dr. Wider and I have worked since when I was on Sirius, like for 15 years I've known her. She is not only my coworker, but she is my friend. She, at this point, is my family. And as a Jewish American woman, we, of course, discussed what it's been like this last week for her and her family. Her husband is Israeli. They have family over in Israel. She has three gorgeous children. So on my daily show, we, of course, discussed just her general experience this week and what she's been going through and her thoughts. And after it aired, a ton of the Taylor Strucker Show listeners reached out and said, please, please, please share this on Taste of Taylor so everybody can hear it and everybody can share it. And I know this isn't what I normally do. And I know that this is probably not why you come here. But in times like this, I think it's really important to use my platform to amplify voices, or in this case, a voice of a person who is going through something horrific and to give them the space to tell their side of the story and to be heard uninterrupted. Sometimes the way that you can really support a person or people is by offering your platform to somebody who has a story to tell. And Dr. Wider has a story to tell. I think it's a very upsetting time period for for the world, essentially, because I think that the events that have transpired over, you know, the last couple of days in the Middle East are heart wrenching and just absolutely such a disregard for human life. Um, At the same time, 
you know, I am married to an Israeli who has Israeli relatives, obviously, who are living in Israel. Yes. And um, they are obviously very proud Israelis. Their family is uh, very much for peace. They are mm-hmm. peace-loving people. They want to live peacefully with their neighbors. Um, and they are not totally behind the government policies, to be honest. Just as we in America not, aren't always behind the policies yeah. of our government either. I mean, there's been a Correct. lot of things that have happened in the recent years. As people of a democratic state, we absolutely know what it feels like to be a part of a government that you don't wholeheartedly agree with every single decision that they make and the things that they do. Right. And that's why it's a democracy, right? Exactly. They, it's not a totalitarian regime, Israel. It's a democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not toward for all of the policies of the, of the, the leadership there. My husband, you know, Erez is, um, you know, I haven't really talked about him other than joked around like on the show, but he is one of the most um, like giving, kindest, um, sympathetic and empathetic human beings. Like he, he's friends with a lot of Palestinians. He is friends with Palestinians in the United States. He has operated on people from all different backgrounds. He does not discriminate. He is... um, a very, very giving person with a very strong commitment to humanity and human rights, big time. Having said that, you know, when there have been issues and settlements and skirmishes across Israel where where people's homes have been um, obliterated and Arabs have been, Palestinian Arabs have been hurt, he, he feels he does not condone violence in that right. way. And at the same time, he believes in his homeland and he believes in the Jewish right to the land as well as the Arab right to the land. And the the issue, Tay, is, you know, when we talk politics in that region, there's a lot of facts that have been espoused that are not true. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of Israelis that believe a set of facts and Palestinians that believe a set of facts that don't necessarily match up, okay? Because there there were Palestinian Arabs and there were Israelis in that region before any of us understood, right? So Erez's family was born in Israel. His parents were not European immigrants into the region post-Holocaust. That's not his family. His family was actually born in that region. Mm -hmm. And there were Arabs in that region also, and it stretches back to the Roman Empire. And there's a lot of history there that, you know, if I were to argue for some, like right now have a debate with somebody, our facts would not match up. And there were facts that are facts, right? There there were uh, people that called themselves Israelis and people that called themselves Palestinians in that land before uh, the British divided up the land into the British mandate. Mm-hmm. And then the land was given over in, in parts to both the what we call the Palestinians and the Israelis, right? And then the Israelis were attacked immediately. And there was a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and the war was conquered. The Israelis, quote unquote, won. And the, the land was conquered. And, and thus began this horrendous yes. Palestinian-Israeli, you know, grab for land and the understanding of where this land came from. And there are Palestinians that you will speak to that will say the Israelis took over their parents' land, and there are Israelis that will say they were attacked um, on their land also. So right. it, it is a very well-worn argument and debate, and the and the tensions run um, hot, and it's um, it's very very rough. Okay, it's a, it's a rough issue to get into. Having said that, having said that, I think. What is the worst thing for me as a Jewish person and as a woman married to an Israeli is that what's transpired over the last 
uh, you know, 72 hours to a couple of days at this point is such a, such a um, degradation of human rights yes. in a way that just transcends a political argument yes. um, and goes into such a horrific, um, like, disregard for human human life and human rights in a way that is unfathomable yes. to me as a person. Yes. And just me watching this with someone who bleeds for humanity. And let me just start this off by saying that anytime there is a situation in the news, the type of person that I am and the type of person that I married, like, you know, with the Ukrainian, the Russian war, if I saw elderly people, and I did see pictures yeah. of this, where elderly people were in their home and they were shot, I was horrified. That is who I am as a person. Like, I cannot stand violence, especially towards elderly people. Yeah. I think it's because my I have such a strong relationship with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. I am very, very, very sensitive to elderly people. It was an area in medicine that I thought maybe I'd go into was geriatrics. I don't, I don't know why. It's just ingrained into me, Tay. But when I see, and I saw this Ukrainian couple that was killed and they were being taunted by soldiers, Russian soldiers, I was, I, I couldn't sleep. Like those images burn a hole in my head. Yeah. Um, watching an elderly woman taken out of her home who was a Holocaust survivor, her caretaker from the Philippines, kidnapped alongside of her in her golf cart and people parading this woman around and laughing and spitting and taking pictures as if this was like a, like a zoo animal. Honestly, Tay, like I, could not get over that. And then on top of it, to find out that my husband's cousin's friend was one of the young women who was kidnapped with her two young children yeah. that are three and um, it, like it like under I think a nine year. Months. Yeah. That was uh, my husband's cousin is very friendly with that woman and now is consoling the husband who's, who right. doesn't have any information whatsoever. Those kind of images are un, I, I just, I can't, get over them. And, you know, I think the issue for me comes alongside the fact that we have to put away our politics because yes, of course, like I, I am a New Yorker at heart. I grew up on Long Island. I feel very strongly about New York. I feel very strongly about New York city. You know, a lot has changed in New York city over the pandemic. Like the face of New York has changed a lot. A lot of commerce has left the city. My family has moved out of the city. They're in Florida. But I hold very deeply my roots in New York City and New York. And to see a rally after yeah. human beings were shot at point blank, there are a lot of kids that were celebrating these toddlers and uh, these toddlers, especially um, not. I went from the rave to the back to the toddlers, but they have nothing to do with the politics. And many of them yeah. are not totally for the politics of their government. That's really important for people to understand. Right. The rave in the desert was a peace rally. Yes. And there were people from all backgrounds there. They were not all Israelis. There were no. Muslims there. There were Jews there. There were Christians there. A lot that were, it was a peace um, celebration, a yes. celebration of peace. Very important for people to understand that because no matter what your politics are, these are young people that are not soldiers. And, and they were hunted down. People came over on hang gliders, these terrorists, yes. and hunted them down and shot them at point blank and raped women and then took them. And one of the horrifying videos that came out, Tay, was of a, um, a, a girl, a teenage girl that was being held by her hair. And um, this was the girl that was alive. There's a girl that was a tattoo artist that yes. looks like she was dead, stripped naked, and paraded through with people cheering and 
whistling and spitting in the back of a truck in the back of a truck. Right. That was another image of and her legs were broken in two spots. I mean, Tay, it's just horrendous. And then there was another image of a girl that was being held by the back of her hair in a tank um, being pushed in and she had blood like all over her pants and because she had been raped. raped That's what that image was. Exactly. Violently raped and, you know and then thrown into a- I didn't realize a, that that was what I was looking at. Either did I, Taylor. I had Taylor. Seen something on Instagram and this woman was yep. explaining it and I said, oh my God, that's absolutely what had happened to her. And, and, and then seeing toddlers taken out of their home and babies taken out of their home and elderly people, these are innocent people. And, you know, if you look at the rally in New York City, the, the, the tensions are very high. And I believe it's always very important to understand where other people are coming from. I really believe that. Like, I am very much for wanting these people, the Israelis and the Palestinians, to live in harmony and peace side by side. I really wish that. That is a wish that I have. Most people that I know that are Jewish have the same wish. They wish for peace. They want to live in harmony side by side. A lot of Israelis and Palestinians are, are they're they're like cousins from, you know, they're cousins from another mother. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are related in some way if you go back of the desire for people to live and be able to have the same hopes and aspirations for their children. You want your children to grow up, to have a future, to be able to make a living, to be productive members of their society, and to be able to live in harmony and peace and live out their life into long life. That is my wish for everybody. Really, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I have a lot of rage and anger, believe me, for what I've seen to people that you know, that my family knows a lot of rage and anger. But above all of that, Taylor, in my heart of hearts and my husband's heart of hearts, we want people to live side by side and in peace. I'm actually like almost shaking talking to you about this. I know. Um, That is my, really my, my most important wish is that the way that I am able to raise my children with religious freedom and women to be able to live in freedom and people to be able to practice their religion and harmony side by side is, is my wish. And I think that the, the tensions ran very high in Times Square for Palestinians because the Palestinians believe that their rights have been curtailed, which is yes. true. Yes. And that they are living in territories that they don't have freedom of movement and that they are, that they're, that their prospects for a healthy, peaceful future is curtailed in the current situation that they live in. Now, one of the reasons that Israel like put put a wall up is, you know, as you can see, if the wall is breached, the government that's leading the people in Gaza is very much a terrorist regime. Right. And so when the wall is breached, this is the situation that's going to happen. And people in the Palestinian people will say that um, this is payback and retribution for so many years of being pent up in an open air prison. You know, I've read everything and put my eyes on everything. And I understand the sentiment behind that. Okay. I understand mm-hmm. the sentiment. What I can't wrap my arms around is if the, if you are a human being with a heart and you're right. watching children and their mothers and elderly people and adolescents being killed and shot and butchered. This is another thing too, the social media torture. So now, as if it's not bad enough that they are, you know, I mean, raping, torturing, killing the most um, vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable. Thank you. The most vulnerable of society. But then what they're doing is they're documenting it on social media and they're posting it so that their family and friends can relive the torture. 
It's horrific. Right. So so if you if you're missing what Taylor and I are alluding to, it was a situation where a young girl was on the air yesterday talking about her grandmother and her grandmother had been killed and she was lying in a pool of blood and the terrorist took her thumb, mm-hmm. her dead thumb, opened up her phone mm-hmm. and then posted a picture of her lying in a pool of blood onto her own Facebook page mm-hmm. so that her friends and family could see. And that's how they found out that her grandmother yes. had been killed. And yes. here's the situation, right? So if you speak to your Palestinian friends, and my husband has had conversations because he works with a Palestinian doctor and they're actually quite friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, the sentiment is that this has happened to a lot of like Palestinian youth have found their grandparents killed in a bomb right. and all, you know, and, and that their homes have been destroyed. And I understand that sentiment. I think the difference is that, that this is a terrorist group of people that have gone after the most vulnerable people in a way that is so depraved. War is ugly. War is violent. War is cruel. But this is on a different level. This is utter disrespect for human life. And it's not really war, right? War isn't really storming into a town and shooting up civilians civilians and torturing them. It's terrorism. And that's the problem. I think the government that's governing the Gaza in particular, Tay, because there are two, you know, there are territories there in Gaza. Um, the Hamas gained a lot of power like around 2007 and it was elected in and has been ruling ever since Gaza. And um, it's a terrorist regime, unfortunately, with terrorist tactics. And let me ask a question. Yeah. Um, are Palestinian civilians also, you know, being held captive, if you will, or under the thumb of this terrorist regime as well? Like, just because they were elected into office doesn't mean that everybody is in support of the type of regime that Correct. they're under. That's, and that's actually a very good point. There are Palestinians are, are not equated to Hamas. Correct. That don't believe in these terroristic tactics. And I know in my heart, do not condone what's going on here. And I think what I'm also asking too is, are there people that live on the Gaza Strip who are in fact, you know, that their lives are um, controlled in a way that, they, that they're not comfortable with or happy with? By Hamas. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think so. And I think there are people in Gaza that feel like, you know, they're so fed up that they just want somebody advocating for them, even if they're belligerent. Um, they want someone advocating for them because they feel that their voices haven't been heard. Having said that, there are a lot of people in those territories that are not for Hamas because it's, you know, it is a terrorist organization. There is complete misogyny there. There's um in like like non-tolerance for a lot of minorities, non-tolerance for the LGBTQ community, zero tolerance. This is just not begin and end with Israel. You know, I mean, they have no, no tolerance absolutely for not. in general. They also hate Americans. I mean, exactly. they blanketly hate Americans. Exactly. And it's interesting because there's an Iranian woman whose um, TikTok is circulating widely who grew up with a Hamas regime mm-hmm. And she was saying that they were indoctrinated very little to say death to Israel, death to the United States. And she said they hate Americans. Right. And she finds it so perplexing right. that Americans are, are, you know, supporting this regime. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, this is Israel's fault that this happened. And that's, that's where you lose me, right? So I'm trying to listen and understand, but you lose me where you say this is Israel's fault because the civilians don't represent the government yes. and no civilian no elderly woman, no teenage girl, no baby or toddler deserves to be yanked out of their home, raped, tortured, and murdered. It's just not, there are rules of war, Taylor, if you call this a war, and if that's what people want to call this, there are rules of war, and this goes above and beyond it. And 
the problem with some of the response, especially on social media, it's more on social media, Tay, than it is in real time because a lot of countries are coming out in against Hamas, like many, many countries. Like the European Commission stopped funding the Palestinian cause right now. And that's a huge problem for the Palestinians, right? They get a lot of money from the European Commission. Mm -hmm. And because Hamas is now speaking on behalf of the Palestinian people, the 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 aid is being cut and there are right. countries like France and Italy and England that are all coming out standing with on Israel. behalf of of Israel yes. and and it it shouldn't be this shouldn't be us as people and bystanders looking at this as political Israel versus political Palestine this right. is not what this is right now this is terrorism versus innocent civilians yes it it really is and i am not for israel bombing places where there are children at all. And I'm not for that. And they don't go after children. Let me make that abundantly clear. The thing too is that Hamas uses civilians as fucking shields. So the IDF, they warn before they're going to have airstrikes that they are going to be coming because they are trying to um, contain the civilian casualties. Unfortunately, it's kind of a byproduct of these warring and attacks back and forth for however many years this um, conflict has been going on. But like they definitely they do the best they can to contain the civilian casualties, whereas this attack was targeting civilians. They wanted right. civilian casualties, right? And and to kidnap them so that they could That's use right. them. And unfortunately, I think I think a lot of these hostages, I think the prognosis using a medical word is not good. Not good. I think most of them are going to be killed, I and agree. I think it's going to be a gruesome killing. And yeah, you know, I just saw a report from one of the areas in southern. Israel, where um, they were going in and collecting bodies, they're still raising the body count. And there, you know, there are areas that people live in close proximity. The neighborhoods look a lot like what we see in the United States. And there were, you know, cribs tossed aside. They found bodies of babies and the heads had been removed. And the soldiers are weeping. It's ironic because immediately under this, and you could see the reports of this, and I think Israel is probably going to end up airing the bodies because, you know, you know, for taking pictures of what they saw because... Because if, if, you, if you don't see it, you literally can't believe it. And it's easier to not believe it. And so even though these right. st- images and these stories are disturbing and highly triggering, I think it's important for us to all face what's going on because it's happening. It's happening. Right. And I think I think what we need to remember is like as, as, a, as a world that's in 2023, mm-hmm. you cannot condone torture of innocent civilians no. and and vulnerable people you just can't because the issue is and you know the french got, the president of france was saying that you know it's one step from there's a lot of radicalized people mm-hmm. and in in france and mm-hmm. they're concerned that this is going to happen to their citizens also yes you know that can you storm in and take somebody away and you know we're going to allow that in in 2023 as an international community right. there has to be and that's the thing like if i if I could, you know, if you could speak and, and the tensions are running very high, right? People are concerned that the world opinion is against the Palestinians now because of right. the atrocities that happen. And a lot of Palestinians are like, wait, don't look away because this has happened to our uh, to the Palestinians for years and years right. and years. Right. And again, what Taylor was saying about dropping leaflets and pamphlets on top of buildings before they bombed them is absolutely correct. And here's the thing, right? Obviously, you people have to do their own research, right? You can listen Correct. to me and you can listen to Taylor. But in order to really understand, you have to, you have to, go, and I say this in medicine all the time, Taylor, right? Like if I talk mm-hmm. about vaccines, I'm like, go do your own research. You, I'm one voice of many. Right. Go and do your own research. 
go into a objective textbook and understand if you're interested what the history is of, of this region is, what the conflict was, how it started, who was attacked. It's important for people to get their own grounding in history, especially if you're not related to it. Like if I weren't married to an Israeli, to be honest, I don't think I would know as much about the history in the Middle East. I mean, that's a pathetic thing to say, but I don't think I would. It wasn't an area that I studied. I was an American history major. My family was all born in the United States. I feel very strongly about Israel, obviously, but it's not an area of history that I was in any way like an authority on at all. My husband is obviously because he was born there. He understands it. He understands the nuances. His mother was pregnant with him when they were attacked in 1973 war. Um, So I understand that history. I've lived through it through his relatives. And I have an understanding that the average person does not. But the average American may not know 100% what's going on. And I'll watch TikToks of a lot of influencers. And what a lot of people are saying is just not true. The history facts are wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a colonization uh, the way that we under that we know it. But you don't have to hear that from me. You absolutely can go look and see if Arab Israelis have voting rights in the United States that like Israelis like have, um, you know, treated Arab people in their hospitals. A lot of Arab Israelis are very happy with how they live in Israel. You don't have to get this from me. Do your own research. And, you know, I was watching a um, there was a Nigerian um immigrant yesterday on TikTok and that was circulating also. And he was getting an objective view on the ground of what was going on. And he was a immigrant from Nigeria into Israel. And he said that he would pick up weapons and support Israel in two seconds. He's not related to anybody. He is Christian from Nigeria. And he was saying that, um, that he has been treated very well by the Israelis and that this is a terror like he has never seen in his life yep. and that he was able to get a job there and he was afforded voting rights and all of this other stuff. So yep. it's important for people before they speak to educate themselves on the history of the region. And I, you know, whole heart, like full disclosure, I do not know a ton about this. I took a course in college. I was drunk all college, so I didn't really retain a lot from that course. <laughs> right. Right. But I will say that, you know. I was married to a Jewish man. I was a part of a Jewish family. I was preparing to raise my children Jewish, 100%. I was considering converting. I, I, you know, I decided not to for a variety of reasons. I joke that, you know, when I'm pushed and told to do something that I buck and I don't do it, Rebel. which is not necessarily a lie. But also there was a part of me that thought, you know, I don't know if I believe in religion enough to even like warrant me converting. Like I, I cause I, I held, I really put Judaism on such a pedestal and I was so, you know, I had, I have lots of things to complain about being married to husband and being a part of his family. But the pride I felt in being a part of a Jewish family was really profound to me. And, you know, uh, Brett, I, I am not the one to cry. Okay. I'm not the one to cry. Um, but fucking white savior moment. I apologize. Like I, I got it together. Taylor, you know what? Like, Screw that sentiment. Like, it's not a white savior uh, moment. You know, I have heard from a lot of listeners from Taylor Strecker's community. I've heard from our community. I've heard from a lot of friends that aren't Jewish that have reached out. And it has meant so much to me. I can't even tell you. Like, it really, really has. And you are having a genuine emotional moment. And it's authentic. And anyone can cry. Because to be honest, and I'm just going to interrupt you for one second. This isn't... um. Jewish people, like Jewish people are not, a lot of Jewish people are critical of the, of the uh, government in Israel. Okay. There are a lot of Jewish people that are critical of the government in Israel. 
Every Jewish person that I know would not condone the killing of innocent people, no matter what your religion, no matter what your background, no matter what your ethnicity or your race. They just would not. That is not part of the religion the way that I know it in any way, shape, or form, okay? At all. If this were any other group that there were elderly people out of their home, no matter what creed, religion, or anything, I would be crying also. And right. it wouldn't be a white savior moment. It would be a human moment for Thank me. You. And and it is appreciated. And really, I mean, it is a heart wrench, Taylor. It is it a really heart is. wrench watching these, these images. I mean, and I'm upset too. Like, I mean, it's just, I am so against rape. I, I have devoted my life to Literally. trying to combat violence towards women. And to see these girls... And these women and these toddlers and to think of what's going on to them behind oh. the scenes is, I mean, honestly, Taylor, it's hard to sleep. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Ritual. We should all have the standard of a little bit of skepticism. And guess what? You deserve a multivitamin that more than meets your standards. Enter Ritual. Here's what I'm talking about with Ritual, okay? Let me explain. Ritual multivitamins are 100% made traceable with high-quality key ingredients and clean, bioavailable forms so you can actually trust what you're putting in your body. So I've been about Ritual's Essential for Women for a while now. I like that they're so transparent with their ingredients. I like knowing what I'm putting in the day. But now my wife and I are on the pregnancy path. We're not quite there yet for implantation, but we're getting her body ready for pregnancy. And Essential for Women prenatal is everything. Of course I care what's going in my body, but I extra care what's going into my wife's body because she's going to be like the vessel for our child. There's a lot that I love about Ritual's Essential Prenatal, but what I'm obsessed with is their sustainably sourced omega-3 DHA, which supports baby's brain development during pregnancy. And Ritual's delayed release capsules are designed to dissolve later in the small intestine as an ideal place to absorb nutrients. So like they just, they're checking all the boxes. And great news right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during your first month. Just visit ritual.com slash Taylor to start Ritual or to add Essential for Women 18 plus or prenatal to your subscription today. And now back to the podcast. I might, I might have been married to a Jewish person. My wife's mother is Jewish, but I am not Jewish. Okay. Yeah. I am not. And I've, 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 I, I can have as many friends as I want who are Jewish, but that does not make me Jewish. And right now, I see very much it is my job right now to take burden off of you, Dr. Wider, and your husband and your children and my other friends who are Jewish. And yes, I need to let my Jewish friends know that I'm there for them because there is nothing worse on, on the face of the planet than having atrocities be committed to you and yours. And yeah. that's bad enough. And then have people not believe you and question you and not and be there celebrate to it. You and celebrate and it. Celebrate it. And so yeah. I have made it my job to try to be there as much as I can for my Jewish friends. But now I'm starting to realize that my job is to say to you, what do you need from me? And speak as a non-Jewish person, supporting Jewish people, because anti-Semitism right. is real and it is scary. When I was married to husband, and I remember I said something when we were in Greece about, you know, my, I'm Mrs. Blank. And he said to me after we had like left the, the restaurant, don't do that again. And I said, what do you mean? I'm proud. We just got married. He said, there's a lot of anti-Semitism that runs rampant in Europe and Greece is Europe. And I just honestly, I feel very nervous. I feel very scared. And I remember when his mom and him took me to Israel. And yes, I joke, 
I was supposed to go to Saint Tropez with my friends, and then husband was like, "Surprise! <laughs> we're not going to Saint Tropez." I was like, "Where are we going? The moon?" And he's like, "Israel with my mom." And I was like, "No!" Oh my but, god! And you sat next to the bathroom, remember? But I sat next to the bathroom. You guys were next to the bathroom on the, on the plane. plane. On the airplane, we flew first there and coach on the way home, and I was next to the bathroom, <laughs> and people were going. In and out. This has nothing to do with Israel, but just the flight was hell. It's no, very I mean, long. but going from San Tropez to Israel with the mother-in-law and next to the and, bathroom, and next I to the can't bathroom. think People of anything going worse. Barefoot, barefoot <laughs> into the bathrooms. So like I've told those ridiculously hilarious stories, but what I really haven't discussed, and now I feel I, you know, I have to share that I went to Israel and I actually felt so lucky to get to go. Yes, did I fake diarrhea so I could sit on the beaches of Tel Aviv? Instead of going to the Bullet Factory? Yes, I did that. Okay, yes, I did that. But I got to see an incredible country. And I will say too, and this is what kind of caused me to be moved to tears as well, was Wasbin's mom went out of her way to make sure that our guy took us to significantly um, religious and important places for Christians because that yeah. is Israel. It is a place for everyone from every background, from every denomination, from every religion, from e- anything spiritually it is a place for everyone and it's beautiful and i remember meeting um a soldier for the idf and he was uh i think it was his mother was jewish or even maybe his grandmother was jewish he wasn't even bar mitzvahed and he grew up in a nordic country but i remember him saying that the reason he moved to israel even though he wasn't really he didn't identify necessarily as jewish but as we know in the jewish religion it comes through the, it, it's a matriarch. So it comes through the female right. bloodline. And so he was right. by birth Jewish. And he said that what he saw in regard to anti-Semitism in Europe was through traveling was so disturbing for, you know, he was worried about his grandmother, his mother, that he moved to Israel so that he could serve uh, for the Israeli army. And like, wow. these are stories that I don't really, I, now I'm realizing I don't know that I've ever really shared that are important, yeah. especially as a non-Jewish person to share right. in support of the Jewish people. And I want to be clear. This is not me saying I don't care about Palestinians. I do. I just, yeah. when any group, especially a minority group with Jewish people, absolutely are. I mean, the, the most amount of Jewish people live in Israel. And then the second most amount of Jewish people live in New York City. Correct? Is that yes. correct? Yes. And yes. so... I, because I'm a New Yorker for so long and I know so many Jewish people and they're so special to me and wonderful. And I just, I also understand, and maybe it's through friendships, maybe it's through my marriage, maybe it's through osmosis of being a New Yorker. But like, I, like when this started, it didn't even, I didn't even take a beat to say I stand with Israel and I got pushback. I got pushback in my DMs. I got pushed back by people I know that said, Ooh, I don't know if you were like, I know you do, but do you really want to? make that statement it's very nuanced it's very difficult there's a lot you know the 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 conflict is um complicated and it was like it didn't even like it didn't even occur to me to not say I stand with Israel for political reasons what because I might get canceled like it just makes so much sense to me when you have people that you love and you're friends with and they're in a time where they need you and they need your love and support why wouldn't you run to their defense and, and to their support. I just, no, no, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying with, with whatever power I have in the matter, whether it's posting or speaking on my platforms, I am here. I stand beside you. I love you. I have you. Taylor, it's such a nice sentiment. I, I really, I mean, it's bringing me to tears. I think, you know, I think the problem is that 
the word Israel has become conflated with um, politics of colonialism because of a very strong PR campaign. And I think that that's what people were saying to you, right? And I think your sentiment is that you support Israel's right to exist, that you support your Jewish friends, mm-hmm. and that you support being sit, like be following, you love humanity. And I think that the issue is that I, I think the problem is it's become incredibly nuanced. And I understand, I understand it as a Jewish person. I understand it. I understand Kylie Jenner coming out in support of Israel. And then she was like, holy shit. And I think her sentiment also must have been that she is supportive of Israel's right to exist and for its citizens to live in safety and security. And to be honest, like I can tell you right now, I believe the same for Palestinians. I support the right for Palestinians to exist. I want Palestinians to live alongside Israelis in peace and harmony. I don't want any, like if I could do a wish, that would be it. Like I would not want anybody to be harmed. I would want everybody to have the same goals and aspirations and living in freedom. And I think there was this post that people said that you can support Israel and not support its, all of its policies, right? And I think- a lot of us feel that that's okay to post. But, you know, college campuses are ripe with this also. You know, I have two kids on uh, academic campuses right now. There's a lot of very strong feelings. And I think that had a lot of Palestinians that are rallying for for Palestinian rights, they probably shouldn't have come out after people were kidnapped and murdered and raped and toddlers were being let out with their their parents in such a horrible, depraved way. It probably should have been, in my opinion, we don't agree with this. Um, It should not lead to this. You know, our rights are important too. That I could have gotten behind, to be honest. Like maybe Mm -hmm. it's not in the moment that you need to be espousing what your rights are because I believe in rights for everybody. It's just that the timing was so awful and the whitewashing of these crimes by a terrorist regime need to be, condemned by everyone that is human, in my opinion. Because to be honest, I would be standing shoulder to shoulder with any group that had their elderly, their women raped, their elderly kidnapped, their um, their toddlers and their mothers. That it would not sit well with me. I would be speaking up against that for anybody. And that's where we need to unite as human beings. And that's that's really the most painful thing for me is exactly what you said. This atrocity has been committed my husband knows people that are directly responsible. He knows his cousin is friends with the young father whose wife and toddlers, he hasn't even spoken to them. And you know what else is frustrating, Taylor? I'll tell you, is that the Israeli government has not given any information to the hostage families. Zero. There's zero communication as of yesterday between the people who have had loved ones carted off. They don't have information about them. Or they're not sharing the information. And can you imagine? No. I mean, you could you imagine like you and I, you know, I know how close you are, you know, to Muffner. I know how close you are to, you know, your aunt. Could you imagine like no. literally being at Coachella and no. having like people floating from the sky, execute people, yeah. take them prisoner, rape them next to their dying friends and then cart them around. And then they're paraded around as people are spitting on them and clapping and taking pictures as if, Like this is like some prize to be won as if you're auctioning off a young virgin to be raped from the middle mid mid ages. I mean, 
Like I'm trying to put it into perspective so people, it's barbaric. it's barbaric. And we can't allow that in today's society for anybody. It just cannot be allowed. And this does not go on on the other side at all. There are horrible no. things that have gone on to the Palestinian people. I am not denying that. The way a lot of people are living in the territories is unacceptable. And I think that, but, but you don't have people doing this to civilians. They're not hunting people down and executing right. and raping and parading and stomping on their dead bodies. And, and, and elderly people in wheelchairs to the, to the, to the, um, to the crowds cheering. That's not right. happening. And right. so, you know, you have a country that's fighting for its right to exist. And there are horrible things that have happened on both sides. Yes, but not like this. And, and, and I think that that's, that's, that's the issue. I think that we need to come out as a, as, as human beings. And I think and I wish that people that are shouting for Palestinian rights can also say that they don't condone the methods that are being used here. There's casualty of war and it's horrific. I want to be very clear, but like, this is cruel. This is a casualty and then it's, they're doubling down. This is terrorism. Cruelty. That's what it is. These it's aren't terrorism. freedom fighters. This is terrorism. And, and to post that on Facebook is it's to incite terror. That's what mm-hmm. that is. That's the very definition of terrorism. No one that I know could stomach these images. Nobody that I know, like, you know, would be able to tolerate their loved one and their infant being kidnapped. I mean, to what end? What are they doing with these children? Where are they right now? Like, take a hard think. That's what's keeping me up at night. Like, what are they doing with this grandmother who needs pain medication? Like, what are they doing? She needs pharmaceuticals. Like, she is, she is in, infirm, Tay. She is infirm. Like she can't walk. What are they doing with her? And what are they doing with a 10 month old that needs to be with their, you know, what, what exactly are they doing with these kids? Where are they? I mean, and, and the thing is, Eris thinks they're all gone. Like he doesn't think there's hope that he doesn't, he does not think that. And, and, and you know what the other interesting thing is that I think this incursion was so successful from a Hamas standpoint that they had too many hostages, that there was an account of a woman on CNN that had been kidnapped with her two kids, a little boy, six-year-old, and her daughter, and they were being held at gunpoint and like run over the border. And the the terrorist was holding her son, and the son was crying and said, "Put me down, put me down," for like three miles. And then they got they crossed over to Gaza and they put them down and let them go. They they didn't want them. They had too many hostages, so the woman had to now run back towards Israel. Oh, with her kids. <clears throat> and one of them was barefoot, hey. It's like, they're, you know what I'm saying? They didn't the want them. Ones, so, you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent, Taylor. Wow. So I, I, it's just awful. It's awful. And Israel, and Israel now has to respond in right. spades. And also, the more casualties that occur with the Palestinian people, the better the propaganda is for Hamas. So against Israel. <clears throat> they make them look right, like the ultimate bad right. guy. They they keep weapons in schools. I mean, all of this is documented. And again, like, well, and think about it. Like, if you if you do an incursion like this as a terrorist government, right? If you do yes. an incursion, you know in your heart that Israel is going to strike back. And it's going to rain on they know. your yes. country, t- like, horrible conditions for, for, for their country. And so you're not thinking about your people when you're going in and doing that. Right. You're, you know that you're you're inflicting terror and there needs to be negotiating and there needs to be a peace accord. And you know what people 
don't fully understand, and I didn't know this until like I, I became educated about this particular time period, was that Saudi Arabia and Israel were about to have a semblance of a peace accord. Um, and Iran cannot have Saudi Arabia empowered in the region because Iran right now is the most powerful uh, country in the Middle East. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and you like the most powerful, like run Arab country in the Middle East. And so if Saudi Arabia now has a peace accord with Israel, it's going to bolster its strength in the region. And that is not palatable for Iran. So Iran funded a lot of this terror attack with Hamas in order to incite terror and derail the peace process in addition to reigning terror all over Israel, which is great for Iran, right? Nothing, nothing um, unifies the Middle East than hatred for Israel. Right. And so it it's great for Iran. And listen, like, in, is anybody paying attention to like Putin in the Ukraine right now? I mean, no. there are so many this the, the, there are so many things that are going on on a level that not all of us fully grasp. Right. But I think what's also interesting, Taylor, behind the scenes is that there may be a redistribution of power in the Middle East because of this conflict. Right. Right. So let's say that Hezbollah enters and this is going into. So in, in Lebanon, there's a government um, that would attack Israel from the north and that's Hezbollah. Right. And they would come in and lob rockets and all of this other stuff. And the United States has moved an aircraft carrier there because they don't want to destabilize the region. But to be honest, like if you talk to people that know a lot about the military and I do not, but if you talk to people that do, it may be interesting for there to be a reshuffling of the power to get rid of Hezbollah and Hamas in these two regions, right? right? And try to stabilize. And that would be the long-term plan, right? Because it would, it, it would ensue stability in this region that would equal out Iran. Because Iran, quite frankly, is very much a threat, not just to Israel, but it's also a threat to Western, Western society, without a right. doubt. If, if, if Iran becomes nuclearized, the stability of the entire world is, is in, in danger, 100%. And a lot of Iranians who have fled that area will tell you exactly what I'm saying. Right. So there's a lot here, Taylor, that we don't fully understand, right? There's a lot of politicking and a lot of behind the scenes stuff that this plan had been enacted um, on this well, particular Israeli holiday. And it was Correct. really very strategic and it, it's yes. been thought of for yeah. a and long funded, time. And funded by an outside okay. government without a doubt. Yeah. And also Israel has very sophisticated means of surveillance. There was a lot of like hacking yeah. going on. A lot of different things going on. And also to be just very concerning. Correct. But to be honest, like a lot of Israelis are upset with the government because, you know, Netanyahu made a uh, is is a bit of a narcissist and he's put together a a government, a coalition government um, that is some of it is swings very far right. Right. That has like it's very far right sort of religious zealots in order to stay in power. And so with this reshuffling of the government and the destabilization of the Israeli government, this was a very good time for a terrorist attack. And Netanyahu, like, you know, it is part to blame for this also, to be honest, Taylor, because he like the, the response time with the Israeli government was insane. There were people crawling through the desert at this Coachella like event hiding without a response. There were four police stations that were overrun by terrorists and the Israeli, the Israeli army is very strong and their response was delayed. And so there are a lot of people very confused about that. Um, so Netanyahu, Netanyahu bears some to blame also with the slow response time. And some of the casualties are on his 
hands as well. I mean, it's awful. It's just awful. Right. Well, I appreciate you sharing wider because it's comprehensive and it's well thought out. I'm so sorry to you and your family, Dr. Wider, for everything that you're going through right now. And like I've said to other friends of mine too, I mean, you guys need to rest. You guys need to mourn. And so anything that I can take on for you in an effort to help or to garner support or to um, spread information about donating funds. Um, but I, you know, I'm here to take the burden off of you and to help you in any way that I can. No, that's very sweet, Taylor. I really, really appreciate it beyond. Thank you guys so much for listening. And the biggest thank you to Dr. Wider for giving her time, her energy, her everything and sharing her perspective with us. She is incredible. You can follow her at Dr. Wider. Oh, there are no words to how much I love Dr. Wider. I've known her for so long, 15 years. I'm aging myself. And she's not even just, she's not a coworker. She's a friend, but she's also family. So just so many thank yous to Dr. Wider. And I posted something on Instagram a couple days ago. My friend, Sarah Nagel, shout out to Sarah. She's amazing, posted it. And it literally encompassed, it was like the words that I had been searching to find to express how I was feeling, she posted literally verbatim. And I just want to close out sharing them with you guys now. I'm sick to my stomach and horrified by the terrorist attacks of Hamas over this past weekend. And that continued to occur against innocent Israelis. My heart goes out to my Jewish family and friends who are feeling afraid right now. I'm hoping this message encourages more non-Jewish people who care about human rights to offer their support as well. The Jewish people are terrified. The Jewish people are heartbroken. And the Jewish people are exhausted right now. I know I'm tired. I know you're tired. I'm speaking to all my non-Jewish listeners. Our Jewish friends are exhausted and they need our help more than ever. So in any way you can, reach out, tell your friends that you see them, you hear them, and you stand by them. And most importantly, speak up for them. Thank you guys so much for listening. I always say it. I'll say it again. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And until next week, bye, girl, bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.